Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, August 2nd, getting ready for the LA Galaxy's game against the Colorado Rapids coming up on Saturday. Another chance for the Galaxy to extend to a 10-game unbeaten streak and again climb that Western Conference table as they face one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer. But they'll do it without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We, of course, will talk about that. Have a bunch of Galaxy news and Galaxy questions to go about. If you're thinking about this, if you're in the chat room as our live show is going, if you want to follow along, if you want to sort of play along with the question of the day is, are the LA Galaxy MLS contenders legitimate MLS Cup contenders? Think about all the teams. Think about all of the players that those teams have and try to figure out, once again, as we've done on this show throughout the course of this season so far, we'll try to figure out where the LA Galaxy stand. How good are they? How bad are they? Everything else you could possibly think of, we're going to try to cover today on the show. No co-host with me today. Um, just wanted to do one by myself every once in a while. You guys know how I like that. So if you'd like to get in and, uh, and answer questions, or if you have questions for us, we'll be coming on a little bit later. A little bit later. Uh, but you can write down that number now, 949-734-4217. 949-734-4217 is where you can find it. Again, the LA Galaxy coming off a 4-3 victory over Orlando City. We talked a bunch about this game and sort of the big highlight, big level stuff uh, that came out of it, obviously, the Zlatan Ibrahimovic hat trick. Um, he had an assist on the day as well. Um, he played well. Everybody understands that. I think we all are uh, all understanding that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not a reason that the Galaxy team is struggling at all. But I think a lot of people want to make it that. Um, and maybe maybe we have something to do with that as well, is saying, you know, are the Galaxy relying on Zlatan Ibrahimovic too much? Did they rely on Robbie Keane too much? Did they rely on Landon Donovan too much? I mean, listen, there's a bunch of things that you could talk about in terms of how this Galaxy team plays. And certainly there's a bunch of people who are going to tell you that they don't play pretty soccer. I think Siggy Schmidt even says that the Galaxy don't play pretty soccer sometimes. That's not necessarily true, especially not in this Orlando game. We saw the Galaxy have some of their most, their, their most dangerous offensive runs this season. Uh, the passing, the flair. We talked about Giovanni Dos Santos being on in queue. We talked about Sebastian Legette being uh, being one of those creative players to be in there. So, I mean, to say that they don't play creative or they don't play smart or that they don't play beautiful football or soccer, however you want to say it, I, I just I don't think it's I don't think that's the way it goes right now. I think the Galaxy have a style of play, and that was something that we've been asking about this team from the very beginning of the year: is how are they going to play? Um, if you read Paul Tenorio's article, which we quoted in this, talking about how Siggy Schmidt put together this team in the offseason, it was put together without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We knew that. We knew that this lineup was set for a 4-5-1. So you come out and you beat Portland right away. Now, granted, Portland was not the same team that now I think is on 13 or 14 unbeaten, has the, uh, has the longest unbeaten streak in, the, in Major League Soccer right now. And the Galaxy are sitting on the second longest streak uh, at 9, looking for 10. 
So you can look at those things and say, say, okay, the Galaxy were a 4-5-1 team. You bring in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and we saw the permeations. We saw Siggy Schmidt trying to run through all the different ways to try and get this offense working. And that, that's important here. That's important to understand where we've been with this, which is the Galaxy came out as a team that didn't have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He comes in, shocks the world, obviously, with his uh, win over LAFC and his two goals that he scores, uh, ends up winning MLS Player of the Week that weekend. For that particular, for those two goals, and and why not? Um, he comes in, and now the Galaxy have to adjust, and now they have to plan differently, and the way they look is different. All of these things line up to give us what we're seeing now, which is a team that has an identity offensively, and unfortunately has a very strong identity defensively. And that's 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 the the bad part about all this is that Siggy Schmidt clearly has the offense in the correct positions, but when you look at the formation he's playing, the defense struggles, and the three five two does not it doesn't allow right now with who he has on the field to be as effective on defense. It's an unbalanced lineup, and we talked about this on Monday which is balanced from front to back and left to right and how the Galaxy go about this and how they attack it and, and how all these things happen. Now, here's the crazy thing is, and as we'll talk later on in the show as we get ready for Colorado, is the Galaxy don't have Zlatan right now. So what has to change? And a lot of things change whenever you look at how they play differently. Now, Siggy Schmidt more than likely is going to stick in a 3-5-2 formation. You say, well, why? Why would he do that? He has players for other formations. Why? Because he's trying to breed the familiarity. It also may be the same reason why he's hesitant to change anything else on the defense. You have Romney, Siani, and Shelvick back there. Why hasn't he moved Siani out, as people have been complaining? Why hasn't he, quote-unquote, moved Ashley Cole? Because people have been complaining about Ashley Cole, which, by the way, I think is pretty funny. Um, you know, we write a story on Ashley Cole. Uh, Larry did a great job about how Ashley Cole is, is flummoxed about how to fix the LA Galaxy defense. I've never... Listen... <laughs> I don't need to do a history lesson for you, but Ashley Cole was known as the le the best left back in the world in his prime. The man understands how to play soccer. He understands the tactics of defense. And by the way, he understands how to play defense and what position he's playing better than anybody on the coaching staff. So when we ask, whenever we look at and see the context of Ashley Cole answering these things is the most important part, which is if Ashley Cole can't figure this out, if Ashley Cole doesn't know what's wrong with the defense, then how do you expect it to get fixed with somebody like Siggy Schmidt, who certainly has you know 19 years, uh, I think, coaching, maybe even longer than that, um, winning his coach in MLS soccer. He has a pedigree. He has a history. Dominic Kinnear, known as a defensive coach. Siggy Schmidt, known as a conservative defensive coach. They have it there, but nobody as much as Ashley Cole. And that's, that's just what it is. That, that's how we're going right now. That's what I'm talking about with, with being scared about what this defensive issue is. If Ashley Cole doesn't know it, and somebody said, well, of course, Ashley Cole doesn't know what the problem is. He's part of the problem, uh, which is just, it's a ridiculous idea to, to begin with. Ashley Cole sits in here and sits in on tape sessions with Siggy Schmidt and Dominic Kinnear. He is studying what is happening with the defense. He is trying to help. He, I'm sure he's giving his opinion. Ashley Cole is the smartest defender on, on, on any team, I think, any team in Major League Soccer. I don't think that's a stretch. I'm sure people will argue, but that, that's, that's a simple thing for me to say. It's an easy thing 
to understand that Ashley Cole is one of the most knowledgeable people. And when he stood in front of us after the game, he walked into the scrum of reporters. I I don't know. Can I? You, you've seen the videos of what a scrum of reporters looks like. You know that there's probably 12 or 13 of us in a semicircle. Um, you know that my normal spot is just to the side of the, uh, just to the left of whoever's talking. That's my spot. Um, I just get there first all the time. And if Larry's in my spot, I kick him out. Uh, he's the only one who ever tries to take my spot, so I, I, I move him around. But uh, so we're standing there, and Ashley Cole walks through. You know the the seas part. Ashley Cole walks into the scrum. He turns around. He's got his eyes on the floor, and the question gets asked. You know what can you do to start? You know what can you do to fix this defensive issues? And he 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 was honest. He was sad. He was upset and disappointed. And he didn't have the answers, and he wasn't going to blow smoke up our collective skirts. And that goes for the fans, too. He's telling you that he doesn't know what's going on. And that should be scary. That should be scary, not because the Galaxy are on a nine-game unbeaten streak, and this is the one thing that I can jump up and down on and say that this isn't what's working with the Galaxy right now. That's not why it's scary. It's scary because if one of the most knowledgeable people about defense and defensive situations and how to fix things and how players... You don't think Ashley Cole knows where everybody's single spot is supposed to be? He does. On defense, he knows where the midfielder is supposed to be. He knows who's supposed to step out and pressure the ball. He knows what his objectives are. He knows what, you know, uh, what, what Shelvix and Siani's and Romney's objectives are. The difference is that they're not... And, you know, you could see the frustration with Zlatan Ibrahimovic earlier in the year... People aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, and there's frustration there for these very talented players, and you can see it on Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole is sitting there, and remember, Ashley Cole had to live through last season with this LA Galaxy team. He became captain of a team that had the worst year in franchise history, and now he's supposed to lead it to the promised land. And you look at the amount of goals the Galaxy gave up last year, uh, franchise record, I think 67 total goals. They're on pace right now to give up 55, which is a, a significant improvement, quite honestly. It still would be, I think, the third or fourth worst season uh, for the LA Galaxy in Major League Soccer in terms of defensive uh, goals allowed. But he had to live through all that, and now he's on this team that definitely has more talent. Jorgen Shelvik has more talent. Throw away his, 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 the amount of money he makes for a second, and I know. I know how much money that is. All right, I reported it. I remember. All right, close to a million dollars. We know that. No, he's not living up to it. Uh, and Siani's not living up to his 620, but throw away both of those for a second. I'll tell you right now that Jorgen Shelvik in there, he is, uh, you know, paired with Siani and paired with Romney, and, and you can throw Cole in there as well, even though he's not really playing on the back line. He is and he isn't. Um, all these things to say that, it's more talented than what it was last year. They're better than what they are last year. But Cole doesn't have the answer. Siggy Schmidt doesn't have the answer. Dominic Kinnear doesn't have the answer. You know why? Is because they're short on talent in the defensive side. And somebody who who emailed me and, and gave me a nice long explanation and told me that uh, that the Galaxy are are horrible at defense because they do not have the ability to play within the three five two formation. And I think. And he quotes talking about wingbacks. And he talks about wingbacks and how the Galaxy don't have true wingbacks. And you know what? He's absolutely right. The Galaxy don't. Which is why the Galaxy don't really play in a straight-up 3-5-2. Um, 
they play a modified 3-5-2. They play a cockeyed or a lopsided. Or they defend in a 4-4-2. Ashley Cole is on that back line. Now, one of the reasons he's out of position so much is because he's chasing back from his midfield position where he has to pressure early and hopefully he gets help from behind. That's the whole idea. I mean, Ashley Cole's also being asked probably to run more miles and put in you know, more minutes than he has in, in a long time in his career. And you're talking about a guy who's 37 years old. You can't keep relying on him. I mean, somebody asked me in in the LA Galaxy Facebook uh, group, you know, about Ashley Cole, and they're like, what would you do with Ashley Cole for next year? And I'm like, you don't renew his contract. I am a huge believer in what Ashley Cole has done in Major League Soccer and what he's done for the LA Galaxy. You're talking about a guy who goes out there and gives 110% every single game and has imparted his wisdom on some of these younger players And everybody has nothing but great things to say about him. You're talking about a guy who came from England through Italy and who was generally, who has generally had a horrible, horrible relationship with the press and talks to us on a regular basis and tells us what he's thinking and imparts his knowledge on us as a press. And that reaches you, the fans. We're lucky to have Ashley Cole anywhere near Los Angeles to be able to teach us more about what this game is. But I'll tell you right now, He's playing a position that he's not going to be able to play for much longer. The Galaxy don't play with straight-up wingbacks. They play with Ashley Cole, who doesn't really get forward that much. He gets forward even on a four-man back line, but in this particular 3-5-2, where he's tasked with dropping into the midfield more than he is onto the back line, his job is to get forward a little bit more, but still stay defensively solid. It doesn't always work. They're going to get beat. The Galaxy are weak on the outside. Understand why that is, though. One is they don't have a ton of speed on this team. We all know that. Emmanuel Boateng is fast. Ramon Alessandrini is fast. Giovanni Dos Santos is fast. Jonathan Dos Santos is quick. And there's always a difference. If you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you've heard me rail on that many times. Is quick. Um, Ola Kamara is fast. He can be quick, too. Ramon Alessandrini can be quick. So you look at where this team is. They're not overly... They're not going to blow past people and you saw what you know uh Latif Blessing was able to do on LAFC in terms of stretching around those outside backs uh and creating space that is what speed can do against a team that doesn't have speed and not only doesn't have speed but has outside wing backs wing backs quote-unquote wing backs that have to drop back and play defense when they're tired when they're not doing things correctly when they're out of position all these other things the galaxy are going to get beat on counterattacks. it's one of the reasons that they don't play well with possession is because when they give up that possession they're wide open for a counterattack, and it's that discipline to figure out what that balance is between going forward and coming back so ashley cole's being put in a position where quite honestly he's going to fail probably more than he succeeds But it's the only way Siggy Schmidt can get two forwards up top and still have five midfielders in to play against most of the five midfield formations. Now, it means that Ashley Cole will drop back on the back line sometimes as well. Uh, It also means that whoever's on the right side has to talk back and drop in. But you can see when you go forward, you can put somebody like Roman Alessandrini on the left and Chris Pontius on the right, and you're balanced. But you're talking about a real three-man back line. Perry Kitchen, Jonathan Dos Santos have to drop back further and sooner and faster in order to protect the back line, and then your wings truly become your wings. Dave Romney, probably not the best right back in that particular lineup, but 
He's not really playing right back. He's playing center back. So you go to all these things. These are permutations, different little changes that you can make to the 3-5-2 that they have that warps and switches it. Bruce Arena was 100% right whenever he talked about formations are just starting points, and the Galaxy are proving that this year. They attack in a 3-5-2, they defend in a 4-4-2, but not really because Cole still stays high, so really they they defend in, in a 3-5-2 as well, but sometimes that 3 becomes a 5, so they defend with 5 defenders on the back line, then you only have 3 in the midfield, you can get outrun along the flanks in the midfield, that provides service in, and then can beat center backs who have not been anticipating crosses and so far have flatly underperformed this year. These are all the problems that you have with the defense. But it doesn't mean that the Galaxy aren't contenders and haven't been winners of, you know, unbeaten in nine games. So you look at how can this team get better? And the answer that we've all been waiting for, obviously, is with the transfer window open, who would the LA Galaxy bring in? And as I reported and as I told you, the LA Galaxy have been focused, and they really, I think they've been focused on one area. All right, and that's improving the defense. We understand, as everybody does, you sit and watch this team, and you're like, the offense can score goals, but the defense could cut down like... By, let's say the defense could average half a goal to a goal less a game, the LA Galaxy would probably run out the rest of this season without losing a game. Because the offense can score. And if that could happen, a half a goal to a goal a game, the LA Galaxy could be considered contenders for an MLS Cup. Absolutely. So transfer windows open, we know that. We've heard now over the last weekend, probably, they had, uh, they had uh, a talk, they had Chris Klein give a talk. Um, Siggy Schmidt talked to us afterwards. All of these things are coming through that you're starting to hear how the Galaxy are lining up. And I've been talking to people as well behind the scenes, and I can tell you, the Galaxy are still focused on trying to improve, and it looks like they're still trying to improve on that defense. All right, and so if they go and try to do anything, they're going to do it. But Siggy Schmidt said it in his postgame after Orlando. And I'm going to open up the phone lines here in a second. So if you're trying to call everybody, calm down. I promise I'll get there. Just wanted to get through some stuff. But Siggy Schmidt commented post-game and said he'd love to have reinforcements on the back line. This is a coach saying right now, I want to have reinforcements on the back line because our back line is not good enough. He's not shocking anybody, but he's saying it. Okay. He's saying he needs reinforcements on the back line. And in order to do that, they have to move a piece. And they've been trying to move pieces, but those pieces have not moved. Which means a couple things. One is the LA Galaxy are asking too much for what they want. Or the LA Galaxy do not want to part with the things they have because they don't want to mortgage their future on this one move. Here's the deal. We all know in Major League Soccer... We're all very keen and aware that your window for winning an MLS Cup is finite. It is small. Look at Toronto FC, all right? One of the best, best teams in Major League Soccer history is struggling to win games right now. Why? Because their window is probably gone. All right, LA Galaxy fans, remember, 2009 was a surprise. 2010 well, I mean, the Galaxy just went to an MLS Cup. 2010, they're winning it, for sure. Supporter Shield, no problem. What happens in the playoffs? Uh-oh, problems. Window almost closes. 2011, what happens? Ticked off after 2009 and 2010. They go and they win it. 
Okay, win in 2012. Should have won in 2013. Didn't. Windows started to close. A little revamp. Some remodeling by Bruce Arena. 2014, MLS Cup. 2015. 2016. Think about these teams that had short, small windows. Bruce did it this way, and a lot of teams are doing it this way. You can have a core of young guys who can transition from year to year, but that's not the majority of your team in Major League Soccer. So the Galaxy are looking now at what do they do? How do they how do they make this balance between is this our window right now? And with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, your window is ticking. You have him for another year and a half, for you know, a little less than that now as we uh, are already past the halfway point. So you have him for a year and a half. Maybe you have him for another year after that, but you can't count on that. And you can't say that he's going to remain the same player he is next year either. So where is your window? Is your window now? Is your window right? If your window is right now, if you're the LA Galaxy and your window is right now, you move the piece you need to to get better on defense, and that means sacrificing somebody on offense. But I see the fans. You don't want to get rid of a piece. I'll tell you pieces that you could move right now. Sebastian and the Jet, you could move. Ramon Alessandrini, you could move. Ola Kamara, you could move. But Josh, we just got Ola Kamara. Okay, but he's a valuable asset. You could move him. You could move Jonathan Dos Santos. And I don't remember. Sarah wrote me, Sarah from South Pasadena, wrote me an email so long ago, and she yelled at me, which I, I deserved, and she's right. She said, why, why does everybody think the Galaxy are so scared of separating the Dos Santos brothers? Why can't you move one without the other? Why couldn't you move Gio? without moving Jonah? Why couldn't you move Jonah without moving Gio? Why are they absolutely linked? And the whole argument there is, well, they came to play together, and then you gave them the power of playing together as two designated players, and how are you going to rip that apart from them anymore? I mean, does it, it, so, so Sarah's right. Question, uh, you know, what is going on here? I'll tell you right now, I feel that the Galaxy probably have more power by winning and winning without... Geo for a large portion of this run um, than they have in a long time. So if you're going to split, split now. So you could move somebody like, think about where the Galaxy are the thickest. Where are they the deepest? All right, that is the midfield. So which midfield? You can move Ima Boateng, but what's that going to get you? Ima is a good role player for the Galaxy. He could probably be a starter for somebody else, but he's not going to be a world beater for somebody else. His speed is very important to the Galaxy, more important than a lot of other things. And I know he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time, but I think that changes. It probably changes in Colorado. They were trying to bring him on last game. Uh, then Gio said he had to come out. So, you know, they're, they're trying to get there. So what I'm saying is the Galaxy are very focused right now, but they're not going to give away something they're not comfortable giving. And if you understand that Siani's contract ends at the end of this year, what are you doing to make the defense better? You get $620,000 back next year if you decide to not re-sign Michael Siani, which I think the Galaxy are thinking of, not, of, of, thinking of doing, not re-signing him. You can go out and get a TAM player. You can get a TAM defender. You can get a TAM center back right there. You have an international slot whenever Siani leaves. You have a TAM, you have TAM money that opens up. The Galaxy, from everything that I've been told, are hard up against the cap and they can't do anything without releasing somebody first, without trading somebody, without moving a piece. 
And I think, as many people have asked before, is that, you know, there was at one time you could cut one player um, and then that you still had to pay them the money, but that you got cap relief. I'm not so sure the Galaxy get enough cap relief now. It's prorated. So if you cut Michael Ciani prorated-wise throughout the rest, you're, you're only going to get like $300,000 back, you know, round numbers. You have to prorate it, cut it in half, basically, because half the season's over with. All right, so that is what you're seeing right now okay that this is the problem the galaxy are so if you're the galaxy and i'll open the phone lines up if you want to call in do it uh 714 excuse me that's wrong 949-734-4217 if you think the galaxy should make or should not make a transfer move i'll tell you right now the galaxy without making a move or a playoff team don't know how far they get in the playoffs if they can improve that defense if they can find a way that it works either by moving around personnel or just getting comfortable in the formation that they're playing and understanding what they're supposed to do this LA Galaxy team can make a pretty good run in the playoffs are they better than FC Dallas that's the question right now are they better than FC Dallas in the Western Conference you're going to have to go through FC Dallas 424, who's this? Hey, Josh, this is Hugh. Hey, Hugh, how's it going, buddy? What do you got? It's going well. It's going well. It's been a while, but I've been listening faithfully. I decided to call in today because I have a couple things on my mind. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got, Hugh? <clears throat> First of all, on the topic of the defense and how we're going to fix it, honestly, we're not going to fix it. That's that's the harsh truth right now. It's not what we want to hear, but it's 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 going to happen. The front office shot itself in the foot when they made all the acquisitions last season and this offseason, and they basically just started throwing money like crazy. And that's it. We're up against the wall, and we can't make any moves. Siggy already said it. Chris Klein already said it. And to be honest with you, I'm not expecting much in the postseason because of this, because of the defense. And on another, on another side note right. with the defense, I know why we're a second half team. I was talking to a friend of mine who was a coach, not a professional soccer coach, but he's, he has been coaching for a very long time. He says it's the mentality. Siggy, defensive coach, uh, his uh, Dom Kinnear, defensive coach, they're playing very defensive, 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 and it's not working. The long balls aren't working. The tactics at the start of the game aren't working. So what happens second half when the players see that they're down, they see that the tactics aren't working. That chip of information that's been put into them, right, with defense first kind of just goes out and they're like, wait a minute, I have to play my own game. And that's when you see the shift in these players pushing forward a lot more. Right. And that's why we have team, you know, so it's not that, Hey, guess what? These guys weren't trying very hard in the first half. It's just, you know, tactics weren't there. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, so here's, here's what I'll say. And let me take your first thing about you, how you're not going to fix the defense and how the galaxy just threw money at defenders. They tried to go out and acquire pieces they thought would work. Right. And they spent a lot of money for that. That's fine. That's what you would expect them to do. And quite honestly, if the Galaxy didn't do that after the season that they had, everybody would criticize them. They didn't make a great move with Siani. Siani's the real problem I have here. Um, because we sort of knew what we were getting or, or you know, seeing what he did last year. 
you saw what you were getting already, and you weren't getting a guy who was very good. And he seems to continue to have it. And listen, I'm not saying that Shelvick's worth his all his money either. I will tell you this, that with all the TAM money that they put in to the league in the recent times, that paying $900,000 for a defender is not going to be uncommon, and that means that you're going to get some some poor defenders for $900,000. I don't know what Shelvick is. He comes highly rated out of Norway. I don't know how that translates. All right, but I think he's yeah. better. I think he's better than what he has. All right, so I don't have a problem. Yeah, here's, yeah. here's the thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off there real quick. Yeah, on my show, by the way. See, I have the mute button, so that doesn't always work. But go ahead. I, I'm I'm learning from Panda, but anyway. Yes. Shelvick is not a center back. I've been looking at the guy's stats because I've been trying to figure him out all season, and I'm going through his stats all the way back to 2012. The guy has played left back consistently every season. He's even played left mid, but ninety percent of the time he's playing left back. Yeah, what position is it? A, what what position is he playing right now, Hugh? Honestly, I wish I knew because I see him. I, I don't really see him as a left back. He, he, and he's, he's not. He, he's not. He's back. part of a three-man center back back line. But at the same time, he's on the left hand side. I don't know how much left back, more left back, you can sort of make him without Ashley Cole coming back and taking over inside of Shelvick. I mean, that's sort of honestly. I would. Yeah. I would I would like to see maybe I know unpopular opinion I would like to see maybe Ashley Cole benched and I'd like to see Shelvick in that left wing maybe left back position. Hey, let's try Romney at center back. You've said it many times. Romney is a natural center back. He's been playing well for us. Honestly, I think it's an upgrade over Gianni. Let's give Romney a shot. I have no problems Put with that. I have no right problem. Back. Here's the problem, though, is that the Galaxy aren't playing a four-man back line. So you're playing three center backs anyway. All right? So if you play the three right. center backs and you do, what you, you do what you have right now, I don't know that I have a better center back pairing. And I certainly don't know who I'm going to put on the right-hand side. And anybody who jumps up and down and says Rolf Felcher, I'll remind you that's not a right-back role. That's a center back role. And Rolf Felcher plays better in a wing-back position than he does in a right-back role. So, okay, so that's, that was one thing. That was the other thing. And the tactics-wise, I'll tell you this. I think that Siggy Schmidt is playing as conservatively as he can while putting in an extremely offensive lineup for every single game. Because this is not a 3-5-2 that has two defensive wingbacks on the outside. There's usually one with Ashley Cole. Whenever Ashley Cole goes away, there's none. And so they're playing extremely offensively. And I like the balance whenever Cole goes to the bench. And I think that's going to continue to happen, especially with all the minutes that he works on. But I don't necessarily... I'll tell you this right now. If the players thought that Siggy Schmidt was being too defensive at the beginning of games, I think that they would go out and say it because they have no answers and they're getting thrown under the bus all the time and they haven't said that. All right, And whenever they come out for a second half, almost regardless of what happens in a second half, whether they're winning, losing, or doing whatever, they play better. And whether or not that's because Siggy Schmidt is making the adjustments or whether or not that is the players deciding to do whatever they want to do, if that's the case, Siggy Schmidt certainly hasn't been saying, well, they're just doing whatever they want to do. There's, there's a reason that they are getting better in the second half, and a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that they're, they're more open in the second half. Maybe they are more attacking, but I still think 
that all this stuff that, that relates to, you know, Siggy was, I agree, at the very beginning, Siggy was playing way too defensive of lineups. He's not playing defensive lineups with these three five twos. Going to the three or five-man back line, and by the way, when it's a five-man back line, there's not five defenders on the back line. So I, it's tough to say you're being real defensive with that. Um, I, I, right. I just I can't pin it on Siggy Schmidt all the time. Hugh, I'm going to let you go. All right, buddy? All right. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Hugh. Um, no, I mean, you know, and it's sort of the question. We're talking about Shelvick, and, or not Shelvick, but we're talking about Felcher, and it's something that's important to look at as well, is that Felcher is getting ready to come back, all right? Um, and where does he play, and how does it happen? I know that the Galaxy are already saying we need to find a place for him to play, which means, by the way, that he doesn't just slot in and fit in for Dave Romney on the right-hand side. All right, uh, we have another caller. Who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hi, this is Julio, from Osaka, Japan. Julio, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. All right. What do you got? Um, I just want to, I listened to your podcast with, um, um, on Tuesday, right. I believe, yeah. that you recorded and asking whether the Galaxy are contenders and they are not. I, I think back to the Supporter Shield winning San Jose Earthquakes. Right. And I remember you saying, throughout the whole season that's unsustainable it's unsustainable and then they get knocked out by the galaxy in the playoffs and yeah so they are uh, this current galaxy team is not mls cup contenders because this is just not sustainable Here, here's why i disagree and i'll disagree with myself a little bit and and not really i'm still of that belief by the way and i even said it i think on last thursday with eric i said this team reminds me of that that san jose team which was always coming from behind. The, the Goonies never said die team. It was a horrible thing. They ruined a, a childhood movie. That was what they did. Um, but you, you come into this, and I'll, and I'll agree with you that it's not sustainable. But I'll also tell you this. In the Western Conference, there aren't that many teams that have me saying the Galaxy couldn't beat them with the offensive weapons that they have. That's, that's the difference. All right? I, I thought San Jose was good. I don't think San... I, listen, I know San Jose didn't have the offensive prowess that the, this Galaxy team has. So could it be possible that this Galaxy team is able to run away from everybody else, just score more goals? I think it is possible. Only because, again, I think the Western Conference isn't that deep. Um, I think Portland will be difficult for the Galaxy. I think that uh, perhaps... Mm, let's see. <sighs> FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas City. I think those are the teams that are going to be difficult for the Galaxy right now. But other than that, I think they outclass most of the Western Conference. So that's what it is. And I think we lost Julio. So uh, Julio, if you want to call back, you're most certainly welcome to do so. Uh, you know, the connection with Osaka apparently isn't great. That's okay. We'll survive. Um, but no, Ralph, Ralph Felcher is coming back. Uh, Kevin Baxter reported that uh, Ralph Felcher trained fully with the LA Galaxy on, uh, that, was, see, that was just yesterday? Oh, wow. How the days fly by. On August 1st. Uh, fully trained with the LA Galaxy. Has been cleared to return. Could be back by mid-August. I think everybody's targeting after after Minnesota. So that's, that, get, that Tuesday night game, possibly against Colorado. Yes, a Tuesday night game. Why? I don't know. Ask Don Garber why. We can, we, there's lots of questions to talk about that. Um, but anyway, again, I've been talking to the team. I've been talking to people close to it trying to find a spot for Rolf Felcher and trying to improve the defense. I was told specifically to say that, you know, hey, we're getting people healthy back. I mean, that's another thing you have to understand is the Galaxy were shorthanded for a while, and now almost everybody's back healthy. Legette is healthy again. You saw what he was able to do coming into the Orlando game. Uh, Felcher's going to be healthy pretty soon, so you're going to have a right back, which can probably give you a wing back position, which could, as I was arguing with Hugh about, could give you a more defensive stance 
if you wanted one. Okay? If you wanted one, you could do Ashley Cole on one side and Rolf Felcher on the other side. And that would, of course, sacrifice players like Ima Boateng and Roman Alessandrini and Chris Pontius. But if you wanted to get real defensive, you could. And maybe for going on the, on the road, maybe that's a good idea. You're still going to have, you know, Gio and Jonah. Um, and you're still going to have Zlatan and Ola Kamara. So you still have a bunch of these things. So don't think it just goes away. But you could be very defensive when Rolf Felcher comes back, and that might help the LA Galaxy. You saw what they were able to do in Vancouver whenever they went to a five-man back line. Maybe they could do more. All right, 714, who's this? Hey, Josh, this is Diego. Diego, thanks for calling, buddy. What do you got? So to the question of is the Galaxy or MLS Cup contenders, I honestly don't think so because they still have the curse of conceding goals in the first half, and that is something that they really have to fix. But in my opinion, if they do qualify to the MLS Cup, like in the playoffs, other teams that are better than the Galaxy, I'm pretty sure they're going to take that as their advantage and yeah. win games. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this, Diego. I think that this year, and the reason that maybe I'm an advocate of the LA Galaxy not making any defensive improvements right now, and understanding that there are teams that are better than them in the Western Conference, and that they will get in the playoffs, and they will make a short, you know, a short run and get knocked out. The only reason I'm okay with that is because I think this team is really starting to take shape for the next for the next season. And I know it's it sucks to talk about it now in the middle of the season when the Galaxy could still make a run, and you know, again, almost on a ten game unbeaten streak. You could see them beating Colorado. You could see them beating Minnesota. You could see them beating Colorado again. You could see all these things. You could have the Galaxy on a 13 or 14 game, you know, unbeaten streak and still saying that I think they're sh- they're short of an MLS Cup. I, I yeah, yeah I, I agree with you on that, Diego. It's not a, so should the Galaxy so I'll open that up to you. Should the Galaxy try to make a move now and do something to make sure that this year could possibly be a contending one, but you might have to give up something maybe you don't want to give up next year where you could probably acquire what you need in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all those... Those are the big questions that we have right now, which is, you know, can this... I think the Galaxy can get better on defense without doing anything. I think if they play together a little bit longer, I think if they do these things, they can get better on defense. That's that's my guess. Yeah. That's my guess. That's that's. I think that's my hope, too, because I think the offense is so dangerous, Diego. I think that oh, they, yeah, could, they could do something. They could, they could make waves in the playoffs when maybe they're they're not expected to. So, like, um, I remember in, in like, uh, like in the first half of the season that the team was trying to like find their chemistry, their communication with Slotton, and now in the midseason that it's working. But now I think they have to fix now in the defense. That's what Ziggy Smith and Ashley Cole was saying that both of them agree that it sucks in trying to get to the trouble of trying to make a comeback, and I agree with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's really hey, it's hard to play from behind. You wouldn't know that if you're the LA Galaxy. Uh, who like to do it all the time and uh, have done it, have come back behind from, in la- I think, the last four games um, and gotten points out of every single game. In fact, they won three and drew one, so uh, it's not horrible. Awesome, Diego. Anything else you got, buddy? No, that's it. Thank you, Josh. All right. Thank you very much. And, and by the way, the chat room absolutely points out something correct, that LAFC is a contender in the Western Conference right now. Okay, LAFC is absolutely a contender. And by the way, wouldn't surprise me at all to see the LA Galaxy play LAFC in a play-in game. Wouldn't surprise me to see these teams play each other deeper into the playoffs, maybe one round into the playoff games. None of that would surprise me at all. All right, let's go back and uh, and talk. We touch on a bunch of these stuff. I just want to make sure 
you know, one of the things we talk about, and, and Siggy Schmidt has said it, you know, really looking for anyone to to find to improve this team and, you know, trying to move pieces. He talked about moving pieces. Well, basically everyone is on the table. What does everyone on the table do to the mindset of this team? I mean, if you're if you're Dave Romney, if you're Michael Ciani, knowing that everybody has wanted you off this team for a while, all the fans have. If you're these guys, what does this anyone on the table is open for a trade do to you? Does it motivate you or does it hurt? Does it hurt your competitiveness? Those are the questions you have right now. So this anybody's, you know, yes, we want to get better. I mean, you had your head coach, you had, you know, your president, you had these guys come out and say, we want to get better. We need to get better defensively. Everybody on defense has to be going, am I going? Does that make you train harder? Does that make you train fight? I think for some people, it makes you, makes you fight harder. I think for some people, it makes you play, you know, scared, which doesn't work either. So these are the things, these are the mentality things that are going through the Galaxy's mind right now. Now, granted, they're winning. Winning sur- solves so many issues. So, so many issues. All right, but this defensive problem is not going away. I think they get better. I think they get better as they go down the stretch. I think the fact they're playing a weaker schedule down this stretch also helps them. But one of the things they're going to have to contend with is no Zlatan Ibrahimovic in this game against Colorado. Don Garber and MLS in their infinite wisdom have decided to suspend, and they're not calling it a suspension. They're just saying per MLS policy, which is funny because they have to make like a whole new category of why he's not playing, which is hysterical. He's not playing because he skipped the All-Star game, because he didn't want to play on turf. And by the way, today he tweeted out a picture of his knee and what it looked like post-surgery. And it, I'm, I'm quite honestly amazed the man walks. All right, There were holes and, and, and slits cut up and down his knee. Everything had happened. And he's talked about how it's much worse, much worse than what people know it to be. People said he would never play again. That was sort of his old uh, whole idea of tweeting this out. People said they would never, he would never play again. All right? And because he never played again, and because they said that, now he's back and he's scoring goals. He's got 15 goals for the LA Galaxy. How are they going to play different? How did the Galaxy have to change things up? You heard Siggy Schmidt talk about it after the game. They said that he likes to play direct. They like to play direct as Laton. And why wouldn't you? Siggy went on to say he is the most dominant physical attacking player the league has ever seen, and he is. So why wouldn't you? Listen, here's the thing. People say that maybe you use Zlatan too much. Well, here's the thing. If you have that guy up there who's six foot four or six foot six or however, he's gigantic, all right? Whatever number it is, because I think it's like six four, whatever six four you think he is, he's taller than that, okay? He's like six five. Most of the time you have Imabolatang saying he's close to six foot, not really, but he says he's close to six foot. You got Zlatan Ibrahimovic probably making his number smaller than he really is because he's huge. Why wouldn't you play direct to his head? Why wouldn't you find that man? In space, why wouldn't you play the ball directly to him and let him do things because MLS defenders and quite honestly worldwide defenders have not been able to handle him for his entire career? Okay, that is what is important here is how did the Galaxy now switch that up? They're not going to be able to play direct. They don't have another person who is tall. Who is physical like that? They're going to have to play to Ola Kamara. And if you're playing to Ola Kamara's head, who are you going to have playing off of him? We've seen Siggy Schmidt go to Roman Alessandrini up in this position. It would allow Ima Boateng to get a start, and it would put Chris Pontius in as well. All those things could happen. But how to... 
you, you have to understand that Gio and Roman and Ola Kamara are going to play different than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So that's why this game is very interesting. All right, I'll tell you one thing, though, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is approaching his 500th career goal. He would join a list, according to Wikipedia. I know that's uh, it's where I found it, though. So just let's not, let's not crucify me for this. He would be the 28th person in the history of football to have 500 career goals. All right, 500 career goals. He's 498 right now. And I know if you go on Wikipedia, it says 505. But you know who says it's 498? Zlatan says it's 498. That's why you know it's 498. The Galaxy have something special planned for it as well. But the good news is that there's a good chance that Zlatan Ibrahimovic does that in the next two home games. That being against Minnesota and Colorado coming up very shortly. So him missing out on this uh, on MLS All-Star game because he doesn't want to play on turf. Don Garber throwing out the uh, you get suspended. By the way, Dava Villa also got suspended and they're not calling it a suspension, but he's suspended for the next game as well. And that dude hasn't been in a starting 18 for like the last eight games because he's been injured. All right, so this this sort of point and spray uh, all rule that that suspends people for not playing on a rug in a meaningless game. And by the way, Don Garber said, and I quote, he was disappointed uh, that Ibrahimovic would skip. And I quote, the most important special event that the league has. You know what? Good for the LA Galaxy and good for Zlatan Ibrahimovic for not even tolerating that even a little bit. All right? He won't play in Colorado. Guess what? He might not have played in Colorado anyway. Right, doesn't need to give the guy a rest, but the LA Galaxy need to figure out a way to play on the ground with, you know, whoever it is up top. If you go Ola Kamara and Chris Pontius can play, and you could have Ramon on the right hand side. You can you can switch those around and move those pieces however you want. You kind of know who the players are in there. All right, it's no surprise. What you might be surprised is who's coming off the bench. Where's Sebastian Legette going to be there? And the Galaxy are good without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They are a much improved team without Zlatan. They would be, would have been great in a 4-5-1. Josh, why don't you play a 4-5-1? Because Siggy doesn't want to change up the lineup and give something that they haven't been playing a whole bunch. And by the way, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, if we're going over LA Galaxy News, voted by the North American Soccer Reporters, of which I am one, as MLS Player of the Week. And there were some people who were complaining and said Michael Berrios from, uh, from FC Dallas deserved it because he also got a hat trick. He didn't also have two assists. That's what did it for me. All right? Because quite honestly, a hat trick against Sporting Kansas City in Dallas's 3-2 win is probably better. If he would have got the two assists, and those would have been, if all things were equal, I'd give it to Barrios. But guess what? He didn't have the two assists. That's why Zlatan got it. All right? Easy peasy chicken breezy or something like that. Trying to see if there's any other topics, LA Galaxy topics I wanted to get to, but I did, of course, want to enlighten your day with the San Jose awful fact of the day. And you say, Josh, why? Why would you talk about San Jose on this podcast? Josh, you can't do that. Yes, yes, I can. Uh, from Analysis Evolved, American Soccer Analysis, if you ever follow them on Twitter, they do some great stuff. Uh, they went over and found this wonderful stat. Sobering San Jose stat that came up during research. It has been 304 days since the San Jose Earthquakes have won an MLS match against a team that wasn't Minnesota United. That's right. The only team San Jose has beat this year has been Minnesota United. They beat them twice, once at home, once away, and they don't play them anymore, so perhaps they won't win any more games. Uh, Back on September 30th of 2017 is the last time San Jose won a match. And if you saw Cosmo going hard... At San Jose on Twitter. That's always entertaining. Cosmo, one of the best mascots. In fact, I think he's the best mascot in sports, if I'm allowed to be biased on that. All right. 
Cosmo laying it down. And Cosmo also had some some awesome stuff that he had going on. Uh, he he tweeted out um, on Sunday night. He says, chilling on a Sunday night, listening to some vinyl. Any requests? And of course, Victor the Viking said, Prince, play some Prince. Victor from being Minnesota, that makes some sense. Cosmo says, I don't have any Prince. Don't hate me, Victor. Pick something else. So what happens? Well, Victor the Viking, the, the, the mascot from the Minnesota Vikings, sent Cosmo some vinyl. Purple Rain. Prince's Purple Rain. And it says, Hi, Cosmo. Let's go crazy from your favorite Viking. A love story in four tweets. A mascot bromance in four photos, as Cosmo says. Uh, some more important news, quite honestly. Uh, one of the most important things that we have um, here at the LA Galaxy, and it's something that I have done many times, and I hope that you'll do it this time as well. Uh, AJ Delagarzo now plays for the Houston Dynamo, obviously. Uh, is coming up on the fourth anniversary of uh, Luca, his son, who uh, who tragically died about four years ago. Um, they always do a blood drive and, for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. I've given to it three or f- three times, I think. I think I've gone every year, uh, and I'm going to try to go again this year. But the details for this Tuesday, August 28th, and this is in um, Los Angeles area. This is in Manhattan Beach, actually. So this is something you want to do um, Tuesday, August 28th. Um, there are appointments available between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. It's at the Yoga Loft parking lot in Manhattan Beach. That's 1112 Ocean Drive, Manhattan Beach. I implore you to go out there and donate blood on behalf of AJ Delagarza, Megan Delagarza, uh, and their family because uh, I think this is one of those important things that we can do as a soccer community, and uh, it's something, like I said, that I've done many times. So if you can, please go out and support it. Um, it's one of the best causes I think that you could possibly support. So, uh, so go out there, do it if you can. Again, August 28th, uh, go to AJ Delagarza at AJD underscore 20. Uh, you knew that already. Go to that Twitter handle and you can go ahead and find all the details for that wonderful stuff. All right. Um, let's continue on just a little bit and the chat room still trying and and very very diligently trying to figure out how we can get Jeff Cameron. Chris Klein basically said that Jeff Cameron is a wonderful defender. He's just not our defender, um, and it doesn't look like he's coming. So Jeff Cameron doesn't look like he's coming. And the allocation spot is is rotting a hole in the LA Galaxy's pocket. I'm not sure if they fix that in time. I don't know if they sell it. I don't know if it goes to waste. But right, right now, I don't think they can afford to pick up anybody and bring it in. Uh, Eastern Conference standings, Atlanta United, still number one team in Major League Soccer, 47 points, averaging 2.04 points per game, uh, 23 games played right now on that Eastern Conference, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, Columbus Crew, Montreal Impact, and New England Revolution round out the top six in the Eastern Conference. You go to the Western Conference, it's FC Dallas, LAFC, and the LA Galaxy in the top three. FC Dallas, 42 points, LAFC, 36, the LA Galaxy, 35 Portland Timbers are in fourth, Sporting Kansas City in fifth, and Real Salt Lake in sixth. Real Salt Lake in the last spot right now with 31 points. Vancouver just three points, two points, two points behind, 29 points uh, right now uh, in the seventh position. I'll tell you, if you go by points per game, Portland is going to jump the Galaxy, and quite honestly, they should jump LAFC as well. They're on a 13 or 14 game on beaten streak. I forgot I counted earlier today, and I forget it's one of those numbers. Uh, it's a big number out there right now. All right. Uh, Supporter Shield number, I already said, Atlanta's the top. San Jose Earthquakes are at the bottom. San Jose Earthquakes have 13 points on the season. Woo! All right. The LA Galaxy have 16 points on the road this year. Just giving you a little little measuring stick to measure how everybody's doing. All right. So, 
Let's let's go over the schedule here. Obviously, we talked about the game coming up on Saturday. I'm going to give you the full little rundown we have here before we end the show. Uh, then it's next Saturday, the following Saturday, they're home to Minnesota United. Then three days later, that's right, Tuesday game against Colorado. Then they go away on August 18th to Seattle. That's going to be the tough game. Uh, LAFC at home to end August at StubHub Center Friday night because MLS refuses to play this game on a weekend. I think the first one was on a weekend. It was like a Saturday in the afternoon, wasn't it? Maybe it was a Sunday. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure I could go back and look it up. Uh, away to Real Salt Lake on September 1st. Away to Toronto FC September 15th. Toronto's starting to figure things out. That might be a difficult game. Seattle home September 23rd. And then to end out September you have Vancouver home on September 29th. All of these games get a little tougher towards the end of that schedule, and as it goes, we've already told you Slaton Ibrahimovic will not be available in Colorado. So sorry, Colorado. Looks like you don't get any Zlatan. You can thank Commissioner Garber for that. Um, they'll probably still have a pretty big crowd there. Uh, let's go over these two teams and get you ready. FYI, Michael Ciani is on a yellow card watch, so if you wanted to see what the LA Galaxy looked like without Michael Ciani at center back, pray he gets a yellow card in this game and doesn't get to play against Minnesota. The Colorado Rapids are 4-12-5 so far this year. They have 17 points. LA Galaxy 10-7-5 for 35 points. Colorado at home, 3-5-3 for 12 points. The LA Galaxy, 4-3-4 on the road for 16 points. All time, the LA Galaxy, 37-25-10 against Colorado. But in Colorado, Colorado is 18-13-5. So a much better record for Colorado at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Uh, Colorado currently sits 11th in the Western Conference, 22nd in the Supporters' Shield. The LA Galaxy, 3rd in the Western Conference, 7th in that Supporters' Shield. Colorado, winless in their last five games. The LA Galaxy, unbeaten in nine. The last win for Colorado was July 1st at Vancouver, where they won one to nothing. The LA Galaxy's last win was just last weekend against Orlando. But the Galaxy haven't lost since May 30th, 2018, versus FC Dallas. That was a 3-2 loss at home for Dallas. Uh, Colorado just losing this last weekend, or excuse me, on July 28th at DC United, the 2-1 loss. That's Wayne Rooney uh, playing in that. Jack McBean did get an assist, and we have to talk about the elephant in the room when we're talking about Colorado right now. The fact is, their leading goal scorer, Dominic Baggi, no longer plays for their team. He plays for Colorado. He plays for Dallas. Um, that was one of the things that happened was it was a trade. Uh, Badgie was Colorado's leading scorer, and now you have he was traded for Kellen Acosta. Acosta comes in and scores that goal in that in that Colorado loss. So Acosta coming in as one of the top-rated young players, really, uh, U.S. men's national team probably for years to come if all of that comes from. Uh, Jack McBean got the, ex the assist. Former LA Galaxy player Jack McBean got the assist to, to uh, Kellen Acosta for that one goal that they got in that loss. Jack McMean now has played in 16 games for Colorado, but only 641 minutes. He has been a late sub, but I'll tell you right now, their next leading scorer for Colorado is Joe Mason, who has three goals. Jack McBean has two goals. There's a couple other guys with two goals as well, but there isn't a ton of offense on this Colorado team. All right. So this is sort of what you have to understand is that Colorado is a good defensive team. And as much as I know people hate David Bingham, I'm going to do a comparison right now between Tim Howard and David Bingham, and you tell me which goalkeeper is better. Because, quite honestly, the stats split. Uh, Tim Howard for Colorado has a 1.55 goals against average and a 68.3% save percentage. David Bingham has a 1.64, so a little bit higher goals against average. 
with the Galaxy defense, but has a save percentage that's higher than Tim Howard. So 69.8% for David Bingham. If you look at the total number of shots and saves, they've they've faced the same number of shots almost. 101 shots for Tim Howard, 103 shots for David Bingham, 69 saves for Tim Howard, and David Bingham has 86 saves. So David Bingham, not as bad as everybody wants to make him out. He's middle of the table in terms of goals against average, a little bit higher than middle in terms of save percentage. So he is, uh, you know, if the Galaxy if the Galaxy defense could help him out even a little bit, even a little bit, then I think David Bingham can become a much better goalkeeper, or at least the stats would show that he would be improving. Um, we already talked about Dominique Badgey being traded. Colorado's not a good team. Here's the problem, though. You're at altitude. The LA Galaxy will travel on Friday afternoon. They're going to go late. The reason they're going late is they don't want to be in the altitude. There's, there's, there's different ways to handle the altitude, and I think we've talked about it on this program many times. But the way that you can handle the altitude in different ways is you can go really early. All right, you can go early so that way you can acclimatize, but usually have to go like oh, like four or five days in advance. You have to get used to the altitude. You have to do a whole bunch of stuff. It's very taxing. It's time consuming, and you lose some time trying to adjust to this to the altitude. The other option, which is what most MLS teams do, is tend to go really late. If you go late, your body doesn't realize that it's an altitude. You play so fast that, the, that you're like, oh, wait. And then what happens is your body almost dies within the probably the first 20, 30 minutes of the game. But then it settles and is able to adjust a little bit. And you, you struggle through the second part of the game, but you're able to survive it. This is going to be important for a Galaxy team that likes to come on in the second half. How much energy are they going to have left in the second half? These are the important questions that you have to look at. I mean, we all see Colorado's record. They have 17 points total. The Galaxy have 35 points. Colorado should be a doormat. The Galaxy should walk right over them. Without Zlatan, so the Galaxy have to change how they play. On the ground more. How's the altitude going to affect them? All of these things come into, into consideration when you look at how the Galaxy could play Colorado. How's this game going to play out? I think the Galaxy win this game. They should win this game. Would I be surprised if they didn't win this game? No, I wouldn't. Would I be surprised if they lost the game? No, I wouldn't. Colorado's a tough place to play. It always has been. It's not the travel, it's the altitude. All right, and Dick's Sporting Goods Park always looks like the uh, the, the field is like made of rock because the ball likes to bounce like crazy. All right, so that's what you're getting. This game, of course, coming up August 4th, 2018. It's a Saturday. It is going off at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods Park is where it's being played. Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes is where you can find this game. Don't look for it on ESPN+. Plus. You will not find it. All right. Whew, I think we got through a lot there. Does everybody feel better? Yes and no, right? You understand where the Galaxy are. Nine game unbeaten, looking to be 10. You understand the Galaxy still have problems. They do. Absolutely. On the defensive side of things. Makes 100% sense. So as we're, as we're going forward, I want to remind everybody that we do have our special shirts up right now. In fact, we have like four shirts for sale right now. If you want to see any of the shirts, go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and hit forward slash shop. For everybody listening to the podcast, I will put the links to these shirts in the descriptions. Just go down and click it. All right, we have like five or six colors of the Pando and Pato in the morning shirts. We'd love it if you bought this ridiculous looking shirt. Um, the duck is wearing boat shoes, just in case you, you didn't catch that. All right, Pato's got boat shoes on. 
Uh, at one point, I had a goatee on the panda, but uh, the panda looked like maybe he had gotten into some chocolate or something. It didn't look, it didn't look great. Didn't look great. All right, so we took that back off. But the panda's there. Pato's there. They got the, Pato's got his shoes on. It's got some ridiculous background. Uh, it says cornerofthegalaxy.com. Your friends will ask you when you decided to go crazy, and you can say it's whenever you heard that ridiculous sound of pa- Panda and Pato in the morning. All right? That's, what, that's whenever you went crazy. It drove you crazy. Head on over there, cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash shop. We are going to certainly do a live show, and if you show up in one of these shirts, you're going to make our day. All right, cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash shop. Click on Panda and Pato, or you can pick on any of our previous shirts. There, time's running out. I think that closes at the end of the week. You have almost no time left for those ones. If you missed any of our previous three shirts, uh, Lion of Los Angeles, um, our two logo shirts that we put out, if you're missing any of those, you have no time to do it. Click on the link in the description. It'll take you right there. All right? All right. LA Galaxy play on Saturday. You already know that. We've talked about it. Play against Colorado Rapids. Should be an interesting game. August 4th, 2018, 6 p.m. kickoff time, Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes. All right. I think that probably does it for me. It's been a, uh, a long show filled with all sorts of uh, uh, crazy... I know for the people who are listening to the podcast, you don't know, but there was all sorts of crazy technical stuff at the beginning. Um, it wasn't as bad as I was just doing a podcast and apparently uh, there was something wrong with the connection uh, where I sounded like a chipmunk. Um, like Alvin and the Chipmunks, I literally sounded like like a chipmunk. So of course I took the time to sing, um, you know, Christmas, Christmas time is here, time for fun and time for cheer. Only I sounded like a chipmunk, and they said it was pretty spot on. Nobody was recording that. Um, so one of these days I'll have to recreate that for you guys. All right, very good. Uh, I want to thank everybody for stopping by today. I know you have a ton of choices in LA Galaxy talk. I'm glad you came over and stopped by. See the live show if you've never done it over on YouTube. We'd appreciate it. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our written news articles. Larry Morgan doing a great job for us. Uh, you got Panda and Pato in the morning, of course. Uh, and then our Thursday live shows are here for you as well. Busy time for the LA Galaxy. Lots of games. Hopefully a chance to continue climbing that Western Conference table. All right. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the game. We thank you for stopping by once again. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.